This is the K-Pop Cast, and in this special episode, we're here to highlight the best of K-Pop for the year 2022. We'll provide a recap of some of the more notable news, trends, events, spotlight some curated voices from the community, and lastly, give awards to who took the cake. I'm DJ Peter Lowe. I'm Stephanie. And I'm your PDNM, Michaela. And with that, let's begin the recap. From 2021 to 2022, this was a year that started with a bang and never came down. We're talking about the fourth gen girl groups, of course, eh? But diving right into our notable trends, moments, and events of the year, we have... First, 2022 was the year of fourth gen girl groups. You know, I think we're used to seeing girl groups come and go. There's a lot of flashes in the pan. There's a lot of low effort, interchangeable debuts. But this year... We were so impressed with the quality, the staying power, the polish that came through from the fourth gen girl groups like La Seraphim, New Jeans, Kepler, Nmix, like all of them just hit it out of the park with like multiple tracks, not just a debut, but comebacks too. They had challenging choreo, catchy hooks, powerful vocals, just like the whole package. Although, and I sort of like missed opportunity disappointment category girls on top who we were all counting on oh yeah to, to deliver to be the new sperm i mean super m group what? of sm entertainment they kind of proved that patriarchy was alive um so they only got a stage performance video and nothing else after that so Ooh. and and not to mention the lyrics were kind of not exactly empowering lame <laughs> Maybe next year. But despite the the patriarchy being alive, to be honest, there was a lot of lackluster boy group debuts overall. Uh, the girls this year had Y2K Girl Crush for freshness, and the boys, you know, not many, not as many banger clingers, not many memorable debuts. Yeah, and, and like not as many boy group debuts in general. Yeah. I feel like the number itself went down, or at least one's worth remembering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what this reminds me of is 2010, the OG year of the second generation K-pop girl group comeback Ooh, era. Golden age. Right? The golden age of the first time girl groups were hot. And now we're, we're uh, they're hot again as, as a trend um, in this year. Right. That's so true. Speaking of second generation, we also celebrated the return of those second gen girl groups, such as Girls' Generation. Uh, their song Forever One, Hyo, Hyoyeon being very sentimental and sad and crying on stage uh, to that song. We had 2NE1's surprise reunion at Coachella. It was eager late. I wanted it in 2021. Right, perfect. But uh, I'll take it a year later. Big Bang, they came back. Not a girl group. And <laughs> right, not a girl group. Not a girl group. Yeah, so they, yes. they, yeah they, they dropped it. Um, and then Kara, they also came back. Our personal favorite was Momadol right. through that short-lived Ooh. project through a group of all mothers mm-hmm. who blew it up on stage with their performance. Yeah, but if you guys want to check out more nostalgia, go to the KBS World Special online on YouTube. You see stars covering a lot of first-gen K-pop hits, especially Espa's Dream Come True. It was a really great throwback to SES. Oh, yeah. And by the way, it's totally last minute here. NCT Dream covering Candy, <laughs> the OG, what is it? H-O-T. H-O-T, right. yeah. Just so cute and fluffy. Classic. So the groups definitely had the spotlight this year, but there were a lot of solo acts that like emerged from their groups and topped the charts as well. I'm talking about Chinese Minnow and Key 
BTS's Jin with Astronaut and Twice's Nayeon, who came up with one of the songs of the year, Pop. Right, and on that trend of going solo, we had a lot of people leaving groups as well, like really going solo this year, I believe. There's a list well, sometimes leaving of, the industry, right? <laughs> yes, leaving the industry. There's at least 36 members that have left groups in 2022. Dang. Notably, Nayeon from A Pink. We had multiple members from TL1, members from Victon and One Us. Very notably, Yedam and Masahiro from Treasure yep. going in, you know, to focus on different aspects of the music industry but focusing on a, being a producer and mostly focusing on their health oh like the big ones though i remember were karam from the seraphim right because like that group like just came out or had they even come out yet and a member had a scandal and yep. left to dropped her he real said a fast. New record yeah but it wouldn't be a hype girl group if there wasn't some controversy i know right <laughs> oh and then we can't end this segment without talking about chu leaving luna but on the note of breakouts and, and new careers and destinies um i want to call it a specific trend uh namely soyeon um, having her <laughs> commercial traction. Um, so she came up with like absolute bangers really of songs. Yes, it is, because there's more than one. Um, so <laughs> she came up with her Shake Shack uh, commercial song, which was really, really, really good. It's um, not bad. I as admit. well as her soccer sports ball song with uh, Adidas. Um, so those were two really good uh, commercial songs that would have been just as good as title tracks. All right. Not sure if that's a trend, but you know what is a trend is the type of sounds we heard this year that dominated the scene in K-pop. The first music sound trend is the sound of a particular producer who actually comes with a lot of controversy. It's Ryan Joon or Ryan S. Jae-hoon. Um, he actually in 2021 was called out for using a derogatory slur kind of word against female idols and he publicly apologized and said he was going to take a hiatus but wouldn't you know it he's back again getting more deals than ever producing more songs than ever and actually like dominating the sound um, that we hear this year so if you think of songs like I've After Like Espa Girls Classy, shut down, you are selfish, girls on top step back. That's that really like loud in your face sound. Um, that would be Ryan behind it. And so it's kind of what we were talking about with girls on top. Like the patriarchy is alive and well. Um, and at the end of the day, like the, the show is going to go on with that until some real accountability is seen. Um, but in terms of other types of sounds that we are celebrating in K-pop, I, for one, am really happy to see an early 2000s R&B revival. Hey, yes. My girls, New Jeans, XG, La Seraphim. Um, we had really pleasant R&B B-sides from Stacey and NCT. Like, they come with these stripped-down vocal harmonies that just, like, ooh, just tickle your fancy. An extremely catchy, um, nice melody not too many synthetic sounds going on. It's just like taking you back to, I would say, early Destiny's Child, mm -hmm. TLC, 3LW, mm -hmm. and the songs are a little slower than what we're used to in K-pop. Mid-tempo, 100 to 115 BPM. This is my jam. And then finally, this sound was not as prominent, but we started to hear a little bit of pop punk. 
so that was also really popular in the early 2000s in the U.S. That um, that like alternative rock Avril Lavigne kind of sound, and we saw it reflected in Korea with songs like "Billy Ring My Bell," "G Idol Tomboy," "Treasure" did a Da Da Di remix that was really fun, um, and we're probably gonna see. Oh yeah, and how could I forget J Hope more? Like, obviously, the rock sound Mm -hmm. is on the rise in K-pop. Another thing that we saw on the rise in 2022 is the effect of what we refer to as the great restructuring, something we start start back in 2021, where a lot of labels were acquiring other labels um, and seeing how that affects the artists this year. So most notably, I think we think of higher music. In this case, you saw Jay Park stepping down last year, and this year we see artists leaving. So we saw JB and Sick K leave, and Jay Park, after he left, establishing a new label called More Vision Entertainment. P Nation also saw great upsets. So, uh, what they were founded by Hiana, Don, Jesse, who are now leaving. Uh, P Nation. So earlier we, you know, we've been discussing that this was meant to be the label of refuge for artists to be themselves. Yeah. Um. So the the very acts that like carved out the the identity have uh, undersized leadership. Yeah. Uh. I think like jury's out. You know, if it's really bit bad mismanagement, it could be. But I think it might also just be that where there are in their careers they might want to be doing different things i mean i also wonder like why did their boy group tnx only get one song yes they have such talent such potential so it just leaves me with some questions about what's going on at p nation right and then we have to mention the the company that won the most in 2021 rainbow bridge world who uh they <laughs> rainbow bridge world they RBW. most notably the, the company for Mamamoo, One Us, One We, they acquired three companies since last year. Dang, WM, they're playing Hungry Hippos up in here. Right? WM Entertainment, DSP Entertainment. Gotta catch Wulam, them all. Right? Uh, and notably, we saw artists like April disband after this acquisition. A lot of groups were continuing their hiatuses, not really putting out a lot of songs and card who was under dsp entertainment they actually had a comeback this year which is really important because as the unicorn of k-pop the only co-ed group Mm -hmm. it's really great to see that they actually survived that rbw acquisition of dsp and their song was really good even though it was cardical house (laughs) cardical Cardical house House. yet again It was a welcome comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, Golden Child, who was under Woolam Entertainment, they did have their first tour, but it was very chaotic and also, you know, in the, the vein of Luna's tour, very messy with members not being participating, either doing to health reasons or military or just really bad scheduling conflicts. They might have bitten off more than they can chew. Right. And speaking of group evolutions, after Hybe learned everything they could and Bray Drain G-Friend, their management mm-hmm. and their team, their production team, the legacy of G-Friend carried on with uh, uh, BVs, uh, what, the three members of the group, and, and Yuju yeah. as a solo artist and under different labels. Um, I think it's worth noting that after a successful tour, TWICE, all members of TWICE, have chosen to renew with JYP. We also had GOT7, one of our favorite groups, set the precedent of coming back as a group with their own name after leaving their big label, JYP. 
So post label, all the members have come out with like amazing solo projects. And they also came back as a group with Na Na Na, which became one of the like most commercially successful, most streamed songs uh, of the year. And so like, I'm really hoping that they can set a precedent for other groups going forward to do what they got to do with those contracts to get their freedom. Going a little deeper on Jay Park, who I think like made a lot of fanfare, hoopla, like whispering conversations about what he's going to do next, like before he uh, quote unquote retired from his labels, AOMG, Higher Music. He was saying he was saying cryptic stuff online, like I want to just focus on myself or like I need to take a break. I have a lot of thoughts on my mind, like making us think like, oh, God, what happened? Right. But he just left those companies. It seems like because he just got bored of them and wanted to he wants to be like a JYP and debut a boy group, an idol group, just like the rest. (laughs) Yeah, more vision is just his vision of whatever he wants to do in the future. Yeah, yeah. So he just didn't want to be burdened anymore by mm-hmm. his old businesses and labels. So I just wanted to to get that out. But but from a on a more serious note, it does leave questions as to um you know, we're starting to see artists leave from those former labels and it makes me wonder what is the future of like having a big player in hip-hop and r&b in terms of a label that is a home for all of those artists are we gonna see them scatter to the winds are we gonna see someone else come in and be that like big name in hip-hop r&b music label management um it's still up in the air right now so next in one of the biggest news stories of the year around the globe bts has disbanded misinformation they did not disband (laughs) they are not disbanded i'd like to issue correction on this story uh they're not disbanded they are just continuing in solo work from here until they reunite again later maybe in a couple years 2025 for more group activities Yes, so they are on a a break of sorts as a group, um, mainly to accommodate the fact that uh, it has been decided that the members will go serve in the military. They will do their national service as men. Um, I know that was that was a controversy last year was up for debate. Right. There was it definitely put the the idea of Koreans serving in the military into the global mainstream discourse with everybody right. opining on whether that should even be a thing or not, or whether BTS should get an exception. But it was ultimately decided they would not be exempt, and so they're going to serve in a staggered fashion with Jin leaving first. All the members saw him off to his deployment, which was really sweet. Um, And yeah, like, it seems like the other members are happy as clams doing their solo releases. J-Hope really owned the year with um, his songs More and Arson. And RM just put out a solo album. Uh, Suga was on that track with Psy producing and dancing. So it seems like they're still working to yeah. me. Jungkook also featuring. Yes, Jungkook. Jungkook also released music with Charlie Puth left and right. On that note, uh, Hybe had acquired Ithaca Holdings. 
So oh. we saw a lot of really notable features on RM's album. I wonder if that acquisition helped with acquiring those those artists. BTS also spoke at the White House um, oh, to yeah. stop Asian hate, which I guess net net was yeah <laughs> yeah like it's no good to more get the asian hate guys it's it's done we did it because that's what it takes is mm-hmm. an asian celebrity speaking on the issue that will From stop of asian country, issues, country yeah. that doesn't have any laws against discrimination anyways against other any anyway anyway <laughs> so in other companies um making for pause blackberry immolation uh they became a spirit halloween at the end of the year oh my gosh uh what do you mean by that yeah, go into that one a little, Peter. Uh, what TLDR? They accused Chu of uh, a Luna member Chu of uh, what abuse of power? Abuse of power, right? And this was after she was basically asking to get paid, <laughs> right? Like and then everyone came money. to her defense. And um, now, like, no members of Luna have renewed except for like two members, and yet they're due for a new debut album next year somehow which i'm pretty sure is just all their previously unreleased tracks that they recorded didn't news come out that blockberry had like embezzled or lost oh, that too. millions yes. of dollars <laughs> yeah so we, we may not see blockberry in 2023 yeah yeah but what we might see is more and more group debuts we we saw this acceleration right of group debuts compared to previous years you know companies would have some time between groups when they debuted but we have especially larger companies debuting multiple groups in the year you know for example jyp they already had stray kids and itsy sort of representing the fourth generation but they debuted extenary heroes and mix and are going to be coming out with a new group jyp loud um hybe they had txt and and hyphen then debuted the Seraphim, New Jeans, and there's going to be a second season of Island coming in 2023. Oh, I have to prepare myself. Oh my gosh. Moving along, for those of us in the United States, we had the privilege and maybe the curse of having too many K-pop concerts. It's like yep. the labels were super busy trying to recoup the last revenue from the pandemic. So they all scrambled to book tours in the United States. And there were 89 tours this year alone, Oof. probably the highest ever. Twice, Blackpink, Stray Kids, ATs, they all appear to have commercially successful tours. Mm-hmm. Another commercial success was the return of KCON. Guys, KCON LA in 2022 actually competed with Head in the Clouds this year. KCON bringing us the uh, evolution of K-pop festivals in the U.S. and very fourth-gen heavy lineup where Head in the Clouds brought us Jackson Wang, BB, Yumi Ray, and CL. Yes, mm, CL. My queen. And then there was the Camp Festival in L.A. with headliners including Kai from EXO. Wait a minute. Actually... Camp was a disaster concert where half of the artists dropped out, which I had the pleasure of attending in person. More on that later. But you know what I heard was a really good show was Lollapalooza, which J-Hope was a headliner for. Like Hobie Palooza. Right. Hobie Palooza. My bad. Yeah, that's the official name now. Hobie Palooza. <laughs> yeah. And J-Hope like really made a splash as the first BTS solo to go out like that. And it just like set the precedent for BTS solos being so successful going forward. Yeah, not only the first like BTS, but also like the first Asian headliner True. for the the whole 
we also had Coachella this year, ESPA, 21, BB, Yumi Ray again, uh, Jackson, and Epic High. Yeah, the return of 21. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, K-pop on Broadway. That was a thing. It happened. And it featured actual <laughs> K-pop idols, uh, such as Luna from... It happened uh, and it will not be happening again, Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. There were only 17 non-preview performances, which a couple K-pop cast listeners had the privilege of catching one of those few um, performances before it was canceled. So shout out to Howard R. and C of the K-pop cast Slack. And in other K-pop happenings... Itsy's Yeji and Ryujin's uh, cover of Break My Heart did better than the original. They nailed the concept in their dance cover, and it was covered by numerous other dancers, much like previous acts of Irene and Sulky's Monster. So that was a good cover mm-hmm. example. We we saw the rise and fall of the ultimate OTP, Hyuna Don. They oh. announced their engagement in 2022 and also their breakup. Dang. Yeah, not on my bingo card for nope. happening. Nope. And New Jeans and the Seraphim bounced back from controversy. So New Jeans, they had their controversy with the kooky lyrics, which, you know, seemed sexually explicit. Innuendo. Uh, But they they still managed to shake that off. And then the Seraphim, as we discussed earlier. Um, What member? We'll we'll just drop them. We'll just keep keep the the show going. Um, Alexa had a wonderful breakout year. (laughs) So she had her song... Wonderland, and she won the American Song Contest. Oklahoma is the first ever winner of American Song Contest. Congratulations to Alexa and Oklahoma. The winner of the AAC. No, no, Alexa, stop. No, 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 Alexa, I'm not talking to you. Um, Billy's Ginga Minga Yo had a notable fan cam. Uh, Billy's Suki, if I'm saying her name correctly, um, single-handedly holding it down for the group with her facial expressions. She set a new stage presence for Egg It was honestly kind of ADD, the number of uh, facial expressions <laughs> she went through in a single performance. Another new presence in K-pop. We saw another debut of a AI-powered virtual idol in the group Superkind as well as a resurgence of Boys Love having its own renaissance in 2022 in K-pop. Boys Love, I guess, for if you guys don't know, is basically described as male romance, um, homosexual romance, usually targeted towards a female audience. We saw a lot of idol and formal idol members starring in a lot of these Boys Love dramas, as most notably, Semantic Error starred Jae-chan from DKZ and Park Soham, formerly of Kunuku. Vix had two members starring in Boys Loves this year. We had Color Rush starring Hyuk and Happy Ending Romance starring Leo. Leo? Okay, I gotta watch that. Right. But in, in music, we saw the resurgence of the boys' love genre in, especially in only one of music videos. They had this whole series called Underground Idol, where they are clearly playing on fan ships and shipping each other with each other. Underground meaning on the down low. Yeah. So then finally, you know, outside of K-pop just releasing bra music videos, there were a lot of shows as well for survival and competition. And one of them was Queendom Season 2, which a lot of us were really looking forward to because the Season 1 catapulted uh, G-Idol to new heights of fame. So we were like really anticipating 
wondering what's the show going to do for girl groups and female artists this time. Sadly, season two had uh, less viewership and we really didn't see any of the groups that participated get a bump. Um, I'm thinking about Luna, Vivi's, uh, WSJN. One exception, though, is Hyolin, who I don't even think she needed queendom. She's just that much of a queen herself that she (laughs) she rocketed. In contrast, the the one soloist, Park Balm, from the first year, she didn't necessarily gain a lot of traction from the show, but the soloist this year, she she basically won the whole season. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for 2022 trends and events. At least that we found worthy to recap. Right. Yeah, right. So before fans get angry at us for leaving out. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Let's move. And in the 2022 Hunger Days, we bid farewell to the fallen. So we've got April, Butcher Pass. <laughs> okay, these Bugaboo. are groups that have disbanded, not died. Okay. Yes, disbanded. Oh, oh yeah, clarification, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, CLC. Um, that, that finally Ooh. formalized. That, that um, slow, slow. Burn. They would have done so well this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Okay, yeah. well, maybe they couldn't hang, but. Yeah. Uh, Decrunch, Girlkind, Hot Issue, Lunar Solar, Mama Doll. Mama Doll. Yeah, yeah. Project Group Newest Red Square. Ooh. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, TRCNG and We Girls. Well, pour one out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next thing. So now on to reflections from the community. So we went around to Pals of the Pod asking them for what event or specific experience defined K-pop in 2022 for them. Hi, everyone. This is K-pop Sociology, a Korean-American content creator on YouTube. For me, K-pop in 2022 was defined by the booming popularity of the fourth-generation girl groups like Ive, La Seraphim, and Mix, and New Jeans, and the reunion of legendary second-generation girl groups like Girls' Generation, 21, and Kara. It gives me hope that we'll continue to see K-pop idols release new songs 10-15 years into their careers, and they won't just disappear after their peak popularity. Hey y'all, Ashley here from An Album A Day podcast where we're exploring over 30 years of K-pop music history. And my dog is here, everyone, featuring Nugget. (laughs) Just wanted to let you know that my favorite moment of 2022 is the fact that female idols most certainly got extra moments to shine from groups to soloists and even collaborative projects. It was just really exciting to see them blow all expectations out the water and do great. For me, what defined K-pop in 2022 was pretty much all the tours that came through the U.S. Um, I attended 10 concerts this year. Um, okay, five of them were BTS related, including, you know, Lollapalooza, which isn't technically a K-pop tour, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, there were so many things. I saw TXT, Epic High, um, Lay, uh, 80s, and The Rose, and I would have gone to see more if it didn't require so much travel and I wasn't so pregnant. But yeah, I think that is what defined 2022 for me. And I really hope that 2023 does the same, especially since Jackson is going to come to San Francisco. Okay, bye. So what defined K-pop for me in 2022? First, off the top of my head, having that performance of 21, say, Negeche Chalaga at... Coachella was amazing. I was home in Barbados on vacation and I was ecstatic 
that they had that performance because my New Year's wish, no lie, was for to have a whole bunch of comebacks by second gen groups. And we had 21. I count that as an unofficial comeback. We also had Girls' Generation, Kara. And we had such, um, I think this year was amazing for girl groups, but also some of my favorite male groups had, I think, a great year. Uh, Monster X. I also got to go to my first ever K-pop concert to see at ease here in Hamilton, Ontario. And it was amazing. I had a blast. Three hours of fantastic music, fantastic performances. And it was one of the fam- most famous, it was one of my favorite experiences of my life ever. Hey, K-pop cast. It is Nat. I hope you're doing well. And for me, what defined 2022 in K-pop is the dominance of fourth gen. I feel like they really cemented themselves as the acts of K-pop this year. And they're definitely the ones to watch. And they made this year fun for me personally um, on a musical level. And I love seeing what the future of K-pop has to bring. So that's it for me. Thanks. What's up, K-pop cast listeners? It's your boy, Todd, contributing writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. 2022 was an epic year, and for me, it meant the return of live shows. I saw Twice, TXT, Stray Kids, Epic High, P1 Harmony, and even the P-pop group SB19. A few of my reviews were even tweeted out by JYP and Big Hit. I also flew down to LA for KCON. I even flew to Chicago for the second day of KCON premiere just to see Stacy's international debut. It was dope. My hope in 2023 is that more K-pop artists appear on festival lineups like Coachella, Lollapalooza, and Outside Lands. I also hope the ticketing situation gets sorted out because I've met way too many fans who think these out-of-control on-sales and surge pricing is normal behavior. It's not. And with the Taylor Swift debacle that just happened, Things gotta change. To me, not only did 2022 set up the future of K-pop with a new class full of legitimate monster rookies, it was also a celebration of what came before with the reunions of Girls' Generation, EXID, 21, Sister, Kara, and of course, Big Bang, just to name a few. So that's it for the pals of the podcast reflections. We love getting to know all of these folks as guests on the podcast, on our K-pop chats, on Twitter spaces. And we look forward to having more critical conversations with all of you in the coming year. All right. So now it's our turn. So yes. our our personal <laughs> things that, that we'll remember 2022 by the, in K-pop. The opinions you've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Are they? Uh, anyway, so mine was um, K-pop gigs. That came back real strong right. um, this year. I, everyone was our, having their hot girl summer. Uh, because Resident you know, K-pop DJ finally getting to. Right, right. Just to remind everybody, we have a real DJ in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, one, one thing I just want to call out with all these events happening again, um, maybe with a renewed vigor, uh, just because now everyone can actually dance and they couldn't uh, before. Top songs this year from like the dancer perspective that I saw from my gigs. I'll, I'll just rattle off a really quick list here. Um, so G Idol, they had their songs My Bag really big yep. here in the Bay Area. My Bag really people really got down to Tomboy as well. ATs, their song Gorilla was really popular with dancers. Billy's Ginga Minga Yo. Again, facial expressions. Ayo really holding it down. Blackpink, they came back with their two songs, Shut Down and Pink Venom. Both yep. very popular. Uh, J-Hope's More. Uh, La Seraphim, really all their songs. Mm. Uh, but but namely Blue, Fa- Blue Flame was a really popular B-side. Uh, Fearless, Anti-Fragile at the end of the year here. New Jeans, Attention Hype Boy, both 
very popular flops. And mixes O.O 0.0 was especially mm. popular with dance groups. Like, that was something that everyone loved to hate on the onset, but right. among the dancers, most requested song. Okay. Besides that, that, everyone knew the choreography too. Eyes After Like, very popular as well. You know, some surprises there. Kepler's Up, Wada Da also hits. Luna, their song, uh, before I guess their debut. Uh, Flip That, that was popular. Twice as Talk That Talk. Nyan's Pop. Everyone yep. did the point dance for that. Seventeen's, uh, or really their their subunit, SVT leaders cheers. Mm-hmm. That was really hey, popular here in the, the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, hot, hot, hot. Actually, ow. hot was the song of the summer. I ow, would go ow. as far to say, everyone, every gig had to play it like every single hour. It was that popular. Yeah, it was Maniac. not just me requesting it every time. <laughs> yeah, no, although that yeah. was my hit replay this year. Right. Uh, Stray Kids Maniac, um, that was a good drop. Uh, Itzy Sneakers was a really breakout song for the group. And Jesse Zoom, also mm-hmm. very popular. Yeah. All right. Stephanie, what's your thing? Yes. Yeah, so, an experience that defined K pop for me this year was attending the Camp LA Festival in person. Um, I think AKA it was November. Of yeah. this year, I flew down to LA, got tickets. I went with my mom and some of her friends, um, really because I wanted to see Kai live in concert. Monster X was also going to be there. I'd never seen them live, so I was just super stoked. But then, as I was on the plane about to get off, I started <laughs> checking Twitter and saw that all, like half of those, half of the artists were dropping out of the show the day before, and I was already in LA. So that's just like set the tone for what the weekend was about to be like it was raining attendance was really low they had rented out the rose bowl for this show and it was like a quarter to a third full i just wow um we made the best of it you know like there's there's something to say for uh just like accepting the fate accepting we are here we're not gonna see the artists we wanted but Hey, we're going to support the ones who are here. Um, was was their name? That boy group T1419. Yeah. They gave it their all in the rain, killed it. Uh, Chungha was amazing. I had never seen her live before. It almost brought me to tears, her performance. Oh. Um, but yeah, it was just like, it was, it was a unique experience. Oh, and how could I forget Epic High? Epic Who High like, the was the headliner, brought the house down, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Tablo could not resist making jokes at every minute about how much of like a shit show this concert was. Right. <laughs> so that just made it all worth it. There are times <laughs> in everyone's life <laughs> where it feels like you're not going to make it. There are times in your life where you feel like everything is going to shit. Where you feel like all the plans you made. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. All the hopes you had. No matter how well organized and prepared in advance, 
is not in your control. There are times in your life where you don't always get what you want. And it breaks your heart. I'm sure none of you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God. I am sure none of you experienced even a little bit of that this weekend. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying this. If ever there is a Netflix show And Michaela, how about you? What was your thing? Guys, my thing has to be going to KCON LA in Los Angeles. If you guys don't know, we've been recording this podcast for a second, and we have never recorded an episode in person. So this was the first time I got to actually meet and like touch and like visibly see all of the people that we've had on the podcast all of the friends that we've made over the years doing this and it was it was so jealous right it, and we we talked a lot about KCON kind of uh, being very commercialized really wanting just to sell you things but honestly I the takeaway experience I had from KCON was just getting to reconnect with all of my favorite fans your favorite oh. listeners. Yes, sorry. My favorite. <laughs> all of your fans. Sorry, all of my favorite. Oh, there K-pop, is a fandom for yeah. PBM. K-pop fans. Bias member. Oh, the, totally. the other fans of K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> all right. So before we get to the awards, we each wanted to recap a song that meant something to us, uh, just personally speaking. So our song picks didn't have to have artistic or commercial merit, just something that meant something to us. So I'll go first. My song was... Ice on Fire by Rolling Quartz <laughs> featuring Kim Jong-hoon. It was just so cheesy. Like, in this sea of, like, perfectly, like, idols who are trying to be cool and these, like, super high productions, you've got these, this, like, genuine rock band, people right. performing their own instruments, just having fun. You know, just having fun with themselves, honestly. I just love how... Kim Jong-un compliments his singing style with, with the, the acoustic backdrop of Rolling Quartz and uh, singer Jaeyeon's uh, singing. If you had to give it to any group, they just executed it on it flawlessly. So that's my uh, personal thing. I saw Fire So my pick 
has something in common with that one. I love how you said, like, in a sea of, you know, high production, big sounds, and, like, for me, like, big groups really dominated the K-pop scene this year. My pick, Jaehyun Forever Only, was an understated gem. That was just his voice and a guitar, maybe a bass. And it hit all the right R&B grooves for me. It stayed in that natural lower vocal register. And just, ooh, the buttery voice. Ooh, the jawline. Like, send me right to heaven. I guess the the SM boys had us whipped this year, Stephanie, because my yep. song of the year is Max Changmin's Devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many things I could say about why this song is my song of the year, but for me, the whole theme of the song is overcoming pain, overcoming hardships. This is his this is his COVID song in that sense. Um, me have starting out this year with this song was really empowering because in 2021 I actually lost people to COVID and there was a lot of really hardships that I I had to take into the year and kind of carry with me and this is one of those songs that kind of became an anthem for me at the beginning of the year and reminded me that through all that hardship that I had in the last year I can grow from it I can learn from it and I can be Come back stronger in 2022. So just let it rain. I know. I was gonna say I, I didn't even know about this this about you, feeding him. So thank you for for sharing that, and um, gives me all the more reason to it appreciate shows the song. The the power and the depth of K-pop and the impact yeah. it has on us as fans. I really appreciate you sharing that, Michaela. Yeah. Again, bringing it down again. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no. I always, have sorry. The, I always have this this. I tried to to not make it about like a sad song this time but it, this is truly my no, pick for this year this is part of it it's part yeah. of the magic of K-pop. it meant something to you yeah all right now for the awards so something that we did differently this year we we we, we came up with the nominees but we also put it to a vote so as we go through each of these awards we'll i'll be calling out what got the most tweeted voted for um for each pick so uh, kicking us off, it's the best Western-friendly top forty English crossover <laughs> song. So <laughs> yeah, long title. <laughs> yeah, our judging paradigm for this category was uh, essentially a song that you can imagine playing in an American dance club or uh, a song playing in that environment, and no one would notice. <laughs> Going over really well in that scene. Yeah, so. it's kind of like a lot of American K-pop fans' dream is right. to like sneak in a K-pop song you, you at the club, get the ox cord at a party, <laughs> and be like, 
What are they saying? I don't know, but it's good. I don't know, but that's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of our fantasy. So the nominees for the best Western friendly crossover are Alexa, Wonderland, Benny Blanco, BTS, and Snoop Dogg, Bad Decisions, B.I., Beetle Beetle, Davida, Eat Your Heart Out, Jackson, Blow, Left Right by Jungkook. Or Charlie oh, wait, Puth featuring yeah. Jungkook. Jungkook. But, yeah. Jungkook featuring Charlie Puth, Left Right. <laughs> <laughs> Momoland and Natty Natasha, Yummy Yummy Love, Sorn, Sharp Objects, and XG, Tippy Toes. And before we reveal the winner, the listener pick for this category was B.I.'s BTBT, uh, if I'm saying it correctly. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Michaela, take us away. Who won Best Western Friendly Crossover? The winner is B.I.'s Bitter Bitter or BTBT, guys. You, you had it right. This song had to win for Western Friendly Top 40 Radio Airplay K-pop. Yeah, we were already leaning towards this one when the votes came in. Yeah. Yeah, like I think, oh, I, you know, I I don't think I called it out earlier, but that was also a very popular song. Um, Mm. Dancers requested all the time. So it was good to see. I think both Western and K-pop circles loved it. Sweet. All right. So up next, we've got Rookie of the Year. So basically the criteria for this, they just had a debut within 2022. And we're evaluating the winner here based off of uh, their popularity, their potential, um, the and whether they executed on meeting the hype around their debut and ex- exploiting and sustaining on that hype. So, Michaela, please introduce the nominees. And the nominees are ATBO, Kepler, Le Seraphim, New Jeans, NMix, Tempest, and Tan. And the listener pick, it was pretty contentious, but it goes to Le Seraphim. So that was the most voted on uh, amongst the, the listeners. So the winner is Le Seraphim. Yes. Once again, the listeners are on the money with this. La Seraphim, without a doubt, met the hype, met the expectations, came out the gate not even looking like rookies with that polish of veterans. So it was like obvious who should win. Up next, we've got the saddest song in K-pop, a.k.a. the song you want to cry on your pillow to. Michaela, why don't you take us away on this yeah, one? Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is my category, guys. I have to read the nominees. Who And for this category, the nominees are Astros, Moonbin, and Sana's Ghost Town, Hyunjin Her, Let Me Drown, Park Balm, Flower, Sai featuring Crush, Happier, and Kang Seung-yoon, Born to Love You. 
And when it came to the listener pick, there was actually a tie, a three-way tie, <laughs> between Astro, Park Bomb, and Psy. But there could only be one winner, guys, and the winner is Psy. Happier. I I think for this one again it's it's going into 2022 we think it's a message we can all gravitate towards we just you know want to be happier this year guys but wasn't the song about the illusion of happiness and that it's like all a lie and you're just fi- stuck in this like rat race and yeah if you yeah yeah I, I found it pretty <laughs> relatable to like working working in corporate and jumping through the hoops all right well that is indeed a sad song <laughs> Up next, it's the K-Hip-Hop category. Stephanie, hey. what? I'll leave it to you to describe this one. Yeah, I'll take it away. So the criteria for best K-Hip-Hop, and I'll, I'll, I'll caveat and say K-Hip-Pop, because, you know, <laughs> you know how it is. What we're really voting on here is songs with a dope-ass beat that you want to throw it back at the club with songs that will have staying power past this year and you're gonna hear it playing in clubs and parties and we also evaluated some technical rap flow skills as well but really it's the sound of the the beat the song that um weighs heavily for us here so this is why the nominees include g idols my bag um which was by the way the most popular listener pick so you know i'm glad (laughs) we've got this uh, space just for g idol and the song my bag or so yon featuring g idol yeah we were gonna put this uh, this is gonna be my song of the year but y'all let me put it into this category all the other nominees oh oh, sorry yes Yes. okay other other important (laughs) nominees yes i i do enjoy throwing it back to my bag um, but also we have Bang Yong Guk up, Blase featuring Kunta Pop It, Ravi Block Party, Greta featuring Sani Spicy Hot, Simon Dominic Loco and Wu TTFU Turn the F Up, SVT Leaders Cheers and Zico New Thing. What and the, the winner pick. Oh, the, there, and, yeah, the listener pick was G.I. on my bag. Were you the listener? <laughs> no, no, no. It got like multiple okay. votes. People really liked uh, G.I. on my bag. Okay, Again, I, it was I, a really popular song this year. I so. just got to make sure. I got to do an audit. Again, I, I was a real contender for song of the year, honestly. Uh, but mm-hmm. go ahead. Mm-hmm. But the actual winner for hip hop category in 2022 is Zico New Thing. Guys, we cannot 
understate the impact that Street Man Fighter had on popular culture in Korea. I'm doing the dance in my chair right now. Right, especially with this song. Like, it was one of those viral choreographies that everybody was learning. Their mamas, their papas, their little little babies trying to dance it to Zico's new thing this year. So we have to give it to him. Who's the best dresser? (laughs) Right. Yeah, so... The next award is for most innovative concept. The criteria for this one was a music video that pushed the boundaries. It did something risky. You know, it's going to stick in our mind with that WTF wonderful treasure find factor. It doesn't have to be WTF, no. <laughs> but, it, but it, it, it set a new bar. It could right? just be creative. Or, or yeah. Just, it's, yeah, yeah, something different. And the nominees are... <clears throat> Epoki, Epoki, however you say your name, West Wing, uh, because it used VTuber technology and how they had the real life dancers or puppeteers uh, moving their virtual uh, avatars and idols. It was not rewarding the cultural appropriation. Nope. Up next, Key Gasoline. Yes, for innovations in fashion and visual concept. Yeah. He definitely stood out this year. He slayed. Mm-hmm. Max Chengming and his song Maniac. It emulated a lot of visual styles right from Kubrick movies, so it it was something completely different from what anybody was doing. Alfred Hitchcock as well. A lot yep. of that. Yeah. Um, up next, we've got Edmix O.O. Um, and we put it in the innovative category because of it made a lot of people angry, but it did not follow the pop structure, pop song structure, um, and it was really framed for dance teams and uh, that purpose. Next nominee is Onu Dice. Yes, another shiny member innovating a concept where the hero is actually saved by the heroine in this music video. Another nominee, Stray Kids, and their song Case 143. We added this in because our listeners told us to. Um, but <laughs> also but because also... Uh, the concept featured uh, a monster uh, in being your monster of desire, becoming that beast. Um, and lastly, we've got Super Kind in their song Watch Out uh, because it featured an AI generated member. The listeners picked Key Song Gasoline. Mm hmm. Hey. Which was a nice pick by the listeners, but we chose <laughs> <laughs> Nmix's Odato. Um, just because, like, again, everyone hated that song, but it really delivered. It's just that people weren't ready for it yet. And dancers are already adopting it. I think we're going to come around. We're going to look at this. It definitely makes you feel something. Whether that's pain or pleasure, it's up to you. Definitely <laughs> pleasure. No, honestly. Honestly, I think people weren't ready for it yet. Yep. But they will be. Mm. They will be. They will. Okay, next award. Ho Anthem! Hey. Um, which got... Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry to my mom as well. <laughs> I guess. Well, what, what, you, were, you were the ones who told me to... Told, wanted to put this award in here. Oh, yeah, anyway, no, we were full support. Right, we, just, we stand sorry. behind you. Uh, AKA the Ashby Award. But... Yeah, basically. Um, basically, our, our, our criteria for this was that it had to be something overly sexy, gratuitously sexy, that makes you feel empowered, 
while lowering inhibitions, especially ow, ow. Uh, promiscuity. Okay, so <laughs> um, the listener pick for this. What? Uh, the nominees if, are... Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Go ahead. Okay. So the nominees for Ho Anthem are Ashby, Girls Back Home, Hyolin, Layin' Low, Calm, Adrenaline, 10, Birthday, Wanho, Eye on You, and Ashby again with the last minute buzzer beater, My Name is Money. Also JYP's song. No, I'm just kidding. What? Get out of here. Uh, So the listener pick was JYP. No, I'm just kidding. So the listener pick was uh, Hyolin, Layin' Low. And the winner of the Ho Anthem, one of the most highly anticipated K-pop cast awards, <laughs> was, in fact, Hyolin laying low. Booty number one, booty number two, back again from Dolly to today. This was an actual ho anthem this time, y'all. Like, if y'all haven't watched the video, like, stop what you're doing and go check out that booty. Yeah, it took real, like, physical prowess. The athleticism. Yeah. The, the legs for days. The knees. The knees. Yeah, she was just, like, in top form. And it's what we fans have been waiting for since Dali. So I feel like we have to reward her to send her the message. We want more of this. Thank you. Up next, we've got the... Award. So the criteria for this was was pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Um, Does it bang? Does it clang? Because, you know, there were some that were more clangers or crispy fingers. Uh, does it have an epic drop? And does it get people going? So get the nominees. The people going. <laughs> yes, right. Like that song. So the nominees are ATS's uh, Gorilla, Bay 173, BAE, BAE, BAE 173, Jaws, J Hope's More. Kepler's Wada Da, TNX's Move, and Treasure's Jik Jip. The listener pick was ATZ's I know, Gorilla. I just have to say that when Peter was going through <laughs> right? all the nominees, like, I had to resist, like, singing it out loud. I couldn't. I'm sorry. They're that catchy. Yeah. So it was, I mean, you listen to these songs, they all had really good drops, really good bangers and clangers. Uh, but we have to give it hey, to Hey, was there a listener pick? Yeah, I just said it. So, and the listener pick was AT's Gorilla. Oh, 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 sorry. So, we have to give it to TNX Move. The and rookie group. The rookie group. Yeah, yeah, shout out for the rookies. Let him know, we go, let him know, we go, we go, we go, we go. 
executing a blueprint of a banger, guys. There was no, there's no way we could give this to anybody else, really. Yeah, I think when we we went through all the possible nominees, even the ones that didn't make the shortlist, like this, like most like categorically defined banger clanger. So after dropping other artists, P Nation should put more behind TNX. Okay. Um, up next, the popular award. Strongest fourth gen girl group comeback. Or not comeback. Strongest girl group. Sorry, go ahead. So for this award, we evaluated everything the group put out this year. Promotions put out this year. Brand recognition. Innovation. Dancer and fan engagement. This was the battle royale of girl groups in the fourth generation. And I have to mention that while we wanted XG to be included, we had such high hopes for them. They just didn't make the cut this time. Right. So our final nominees are Espa, Billy, Itzy, Ive, Kepler, Le Seraphim, Lightsome, Enmix, New Jeans, Purple Kiss, and Stacy. And the listener pick after like multiple like civil wars or like online battles um it went to stacy aka slacy mm. but there could only be one yeah winner and that award winner goes to i so when you think about a girl group that defines the essence of k-pop um it definitely goes to i i, I think they, they had a really good yeah i mean they, they had a great momentum from 2021 but the whole year they slayed in the third quarter the fourth quarter the second quarter every time they were top of the charts and we want to acknowledge that this was a really close call-in year like everyone had a good year again this was the year of fourth gen girl groups but i was the one who really came on top Um, so next up, we've got a award that is just kind of like a participation trophy award. Um, <laughs> and this award is songs we just want to win something. So uh, that's it. Like it, we, we can fit it into some other place. We just wanted to recognize these songs for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And the nominees for this section are Bandit Venom, CSR Pop Pop, Itzy Sneakers, Sun Me Heartburn, Hyolin's Wakaboom and Cheese with Poldang. And the winner, guys, is Bandit's Venom. We sorry, we just I, we had to give it to them this for this category. I mean, they this was the year they disbanded. I, I feel like of the participation trophy. Yeah, of the participation trophies. Like they they earned this one the most. Yeah. All right, so it's a moment you've all been waiting for. The reason why you like tune in for this episode. 
It's the song of the year. The song of the year is a song which is evaluated on the following terms. It defines the essence of K-pop. Has staying power, likely beyond this year. It defines this year. When you think back of 2022, you'll think of this song. The song's concept or message is profound in meaning. Um, and the song itself advanced or moved K-pop forward as a genre. Uh, it sort of like changed the state of the art of K-pop. All right. So I have to jump in here and just be honest with everybody that right. uh, looking to the last few years um, and comparing the releases, the songs this year just didn't quite meet the bar for us in terms of the criteria that we're looking for. Just like take a look at our episodes from you know last year. We gave the award to Rosario by Epic High, CL, Zico. The year before that, we gave it to Chung Ha, Stay Tonight. These were selections that were just like above and beyond in every category. And I, we just have to say that we didn't feel that same excitement about the selections that came out this year, but they're still great songs. So I just wanted to, you know, share that. All right. And the nominees are I've After Like, Jesse, Zoom, J Hope, More, Kepler, Walada, Mamadol. Wooah Hip Nyan Pop New Jeans Attention Psy Featuring Sugar That That 17 Hot And Stray Kids Maniac And the listener pick for this guys was Nyan's Pop 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 Alright And it being handed the purple envelope here and wait, the winner um, is. Wait, it says BTS's permission to dance. Oh, what? what? <laughs> Were they even nominated? <laughs> no, 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 no. There's been a mistake. I, look, I don't know how that envelope got in here. Here's the real one. There yeah. You go. All Please. right. And the song, the song of the year, the song that defined 2022. The song that will forever remember this year by for conveying the essence of K-pop. Get on with it. Okay, okay. The song is... New Jeans Attention. I want to echo what some of our listeners expressed on the K-pop chat this past week, which was that New Jeans' attention is this early 2000s R&B sound that's written for us fans who love that, written straight to us. Like, this is a sound that is usually relegated to the B-sides, relegated to the dark in the shadows. Like, we're the sneaky link, we're the side chick. But no, this time, they're bringing us on stage. Early 2000s R&B supremacy. Like, I think we I think we gotta say like you know Hype Boy is a more popular song yeah definitely for this year by by New Jeans per per TikTok dance trend thank you ONF but uh, attention is gonna have more that staying power and I think also meant more and defined 2022 Mm -hmm. a bit more uh, for us and 
I think, you know, like, the nominees for this list were all very, as you said earlier, very good songs, but for very different reasons. Um, I think Attention is the most, like, 2022 out of and, all of them, though. Yeah, I, I would add, like, we were, we were looking at how did we award Song of the Year in previous years. We thought about what kind of sound do we want to hear more of next year? Yeah. And, like, when we put it that way, it's like, oh, Attention, no doubt. Mm-hmm. This is also probably the look. Yeah. Too, the style in terms of fashion. Yes, more stripped down, the like natural makeup and hair look, girl next door, baggy jeans. I'm all for it. I want the girls to be comfortable. <laughs> yes, comfortable <laughs> being a very key word. Mm. Yeah, right. Although I think G Idol's um, My Bag was a really good close All right. Out. Okay, so <laughs> let's close it out. So, uh, really quick in passing here, like, what did the k-pop cast mean to you as a host in your life this year so i'll kick it off uh for me hey i started this big new grown-up job at amazon uh which meant that i needed to lean back from the podcast um so yeah new evolution for for the show for sure Evolving into into what like a Charizard? Yeah, whatever next level. Right, yeah. shoot. <laughs> yes, and for me, the K-pop cast represented an opportunity for me to um, really grapple publicly with some political and social issues that have been on my mind. Like the newsletter gave me a chance to do that. The K-drama themed episodes, the deep dives really, um, you know, allowed me to blossom in my political agenda. Right. And for me, definitely, I have to to double with Stephanie, the K-drama episodes, getting to to be, be on one of those and get out all of those feelings that I'm having about these K-dramas that I spend so much time watching during the year. And then also KCON, guys, for me. I know as somebody who in my professional life has nothing to do with working in media or or entertainment or anything like that, getting that experience for the first time and becoming, you know, a successful fan, as they say, and being able to stand two feet away from my fave was was, was probably like a, the best experience from 2022. Bye. All right. Well, happy new year, everyone. Um, I'm sure there are things that we miss. You can let us know. Um, Please don't. <laughs> I was going to say, let us know at some other We're podcast. We're not filming this again. Drop in another, right. another podcast link and you can like give all the hate to that one now. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, like I'm looking forward to spending more time uh, with listeners, talking more on, on the Slack. And we'll yeah, put out yeah a it new... looks like we'll have to be talking on the Slack because Twitter's not going to be around. Oh, yeah. Oof. Right, right. Yeah. But what's going to happen with uh, no more K-pop Twitter? Uh, that's a good question. Um, will it liberate us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so next episode, we'll put out um, a predictions conversation. Hot, hot issue, hot hit replay predictions episode. Catch y'all later. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.
And the the piece that the boy groups have added this year is those like chunky link chain necklaces right that i also remember were very popular with the dudes Mm -hmm. in the early 2000s middle school like trying to look gangster and like it's nct and hypen 17 bi all of them have these like thick chain link um thick with three cues big yes but you know who i have to respect though who broke the mold was j-hope j-hope came out with strings of pearls around his neck for the video more no one else did that so i just gotta gotta call him out and respect the one thing i will never respect is the return of the fuzzy boot trend Ah. (laughs) guys i was so triggered when i saw nct like two my two favorite members do young and taeyong with these giant fuzzy boots it specifically I, I saw on Twitter it reminded me of this old picture of, of Jaden Smith and Justin Bieber. It was oh That's right. Awful. Okay, well it's it's kinda like they they pick and chose certain things to carry from the nineties, two thousands and they left certain things behind. I think we can all be grateful that they left uh, like bleached frosted tips yes. alone. <laughs> <laughs> for like the tiger stripe uh, highlights in the hair. They left uh, camo, like army patterns, largely behind. And those like really small color tinted sunglasses. I just like went back in a rabbit hole, I'm telling you. And I'm like, wow, there is a lot of elements to this fashion. Um, they also left behind really garish, like bright colored eyeshadow, which I'm really happy about. If you look at the music videos from New Jeans and La Seraphim, they it barely looks like they have on eyeshadow or eyeliner at all. They're sporting a like a very fresh, just woke up, born with this yeah. nude girl, <laughs> girl next door, natural. Oh. oh, this? Oh, I just you know I just got mm-hmm. back from soccer like practice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there's very little on their face at all, or at least it looks that way. Um, right. Which the the appearance a, of, of nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice departure from what I remember the 2000s to be. Yeah, and then wrapping it up, new jeans very notably um, had examples through all of their music videos. The group designed around this concept, both visually and musically. We had XG with Tippy Toes and La Seraphim with Fearless nailing the early 2000s R&B pop sound. Yeah, and just to shout out a couple other music videos that are just like squarely in the Y2K era. Um, I would say NCT Beatbox, Red Velvet Birthday and Mixed Dice, Rocket Punch Flash, Inga Minga Yo, Billy. There's just like so many. If you if you look at any top songs list for the year, you're gonna start noticing these patterns. Mm-hmm. So you know what else was popular in the 2000s was I don't know about y'all, but like pop punk and the Hot Topic store and Torrid <laughs> yes. in the mall, like yeah, black nail polish and like I'm a bad girl, like that, that scene was was popular then and so it's not as big as the y2k stuff here but i think it falls under that umbrella and we are starting to see it blossom this year 
the fashion is like all black leather with metal or silver jewelry, some red accents, black and white checker patterns with the school uniforms. We saw this in 80s Gorilla, Light Some Alive, Kepler We Fresh, Extraordinary Heroes, um, G Idol Tomboy, Bandit Venom. Uh, let's not forget Rolling Swartz. Oh, yeah. Setting the precedent, th- them doing the, the pop punk look first on their debut and continuing that look throughout their career. Of course. Drip, drip, drip. 